So today we are considering advice and queries number seven. So I'll start by just reading it slowly and just let the, let the words yeah, just sort of wash over you. Be aware of the Spirit of God at work in the ordinary activities and experience of your daily life. Spiritual learning continues throughout life and often in unexpected ways. There is inspiration to be found all around us in the natural world, in the sciences and arts, in our work and friendships, in our sorrows as well as in our joys. Are you open to new light from whatever source it may come? Do you approach new ideas with discernment? So we're going to circle back, take the first bit. Be aware of the Spirit of God at work in the ordinary activities and experience of your daily life. Be aware. I just came across this quote by Confucius. A common man marvels at uncommon things. A wise man marvels at the commonplace, at the ordinary as though we could sort of touch into God in our ordinary activities. Be aware. So if we are brushing our teeth, are we aware that we are brushing our teeth? If we are washing up, are we aware that we are washing up? Or maybe we're just lost in thoughts and memories. Meeting for worship for brushing teeth, <sighs> meeting for worship, for washing up. Be aware of the ordinary activities soaked in God, yeah, drenched in the divine. You know, just recently I was lucky enough to spend some time in Cornwall, walking in Cornwall. Stepping, I soothe my body. Breathing in, my body is soothed. Meeting for worship, for walking. It means, I suppose, just walking, keeping it simple. A simple awareness of this activity without overlaying, overlaying it with thinking or planning or judging. And I guess, ultimately, perhaps missing the Spirit of God humming to us in the ordinary activities of our daily life. It's that lovely quote, I think it's from Hafiz. God is at home. It's you that's gone out for a walk. God is at home. It's you that's gone out for a walk. 
and perhaps if I put it like this, that it's it's like, you know, perhaps you're with your beloved and your beloved wants to hang out with you while you're doing ordinary things, yeah? But it's like we miss it completely by being so absorbed in our own stories and screens and distractions. And the next bit, spiritual learning continues throughout life and often in unexpected ways. I wonder in what ways I stop, I stop that, I stop that from happening. I remember a startling definition of sin as the refusal to grow refusal to grow, as though we can remove ourselves from the flow of life or that garden of growth. God comes to us disguised as our life, as Richard Raw says. So if we can remember that, perhaps we can in some way say a deep yes to our life. I think that is what Mary, Jesus' mother, teaches so beautifully, the divine Yes. There is no place that we can go in this universe to be out of God, as Jonah discovered. We simply can't do it. So I'm just going to invite us to do like a mini practice and just explore, explore this part of the advice and queries about spiritual learning and, and how, it might be, how it might be happening in our life. Yeah, how might God be showing up in our life? So if you're willing, uh, just invite you just to take three breaths. Hmm. And perhaps on that first out breath, grounded, grounded. And on the second out breath, hmm, greeted, greeted. You're here. You're really here. And on the third out breath, gathered, gathered, gathered into loving arms, gathered under the Spirit of Christ, or, or gathered like these chicks that have just hatched at school, just gathered under the mother hen, under her wings. Grounded, greeted, gathered. I'm going to offer you some questions to see what happens when they land in you. As though you're asking a friend who just happens to be your heart. In what ways is spiritual learning happening in my life? In what ways is spiritual learning happening in my life? Perhaps a relationship which is pushing at your edges and inviting growth or Perhaps some reading that you're doing that's just opening doors doors and, and seeding kind of new growth. Or 
perhaps engaging with a science or an art. You can sense yourself being expanded, delighted in and delighting in the divine dance. In what ways is spiritual learning happening in my life? you to open your eyes and perhaps there's something that you can share and I think that this is where the really powerful stuff happens because when someone might say something and you can think oh that would inspire me or you know so you can pop something in chat or just unmute just go ahead and unmute and and share if you like. What? What? Do, where do you feel the growth is happening? Where do you think something's kind of like a seed has been planted, and you kind of think, "Well, that's interesting. That's where, yeah, that's where I can feel myself growing, being challenged, perhaps." me is playing with my 14 month old granddaughter and also being with my husband who's um, terminally ill thank you um, me it's um juggling lots of different things that I would have thought I couldn't manage to juggle that many things and finding that I can and um, trusting that God is somehow making it possible but then also working out boundaries where even God doesn't want to make it possible and is saying enough so it's a lesson in discernment myself it started with the noticing the changing of the seasons and regardless of what season it was it was the world was alive um, particularly when the plants are changing but now I'm going more and more towards the changing in the day I noticed the morning and how it evolves into the evening and even later in the evening now that the sunlight is out later and it's just little things like the way the flowers open up and then close up the way the clouds move and it all just simply ties together beautifully it doesn't require any effort from anyone um for that to happen Yogi, thank you. I broke my leg and it took a very long time to heal, about 12 weeks. 
by which time the garden was rewilding. I'm now getting great satisfaction in spending two hours a day removing the weeds, restoring the compost heap, just two hours of being quiet in the garden, listening to the birds, and then coming in and feeling the garden is coming back again. I think for me, um, spiritual growth in unexpected places, um, kind of finding my um, my my work is um, I'm looking at my work in a very different way um, to how I used to feel about it, and I think I'm probably almost looking for opportunities, if you like, or um, yeah, spiritual learning. I think from my my work, so that's that's where I'm at with that. Can I just follow on from um, the input that referred to watching the flowers open and closing? Because Caroline, I could ask you what that quotation, whose was it about what sin is? It's not entering into the garden, what was it? Yes, sin is the refusal to grow. I read it in one of Richard Raw's books. I think it might have been called Simplicity. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all right. It's just having been brought up with a terrible sin and I've just kicked that word out of my whole vocabulary. Yeah, I know it's loaded, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that was a lovely... So to me, there was a spiritual growth yeah. in listening. Thank you. To you repeating Richard Raw's words. So thank you for... Anyone else who would like to <clears throat> say something? Um, two things came to my mind. Um, the first is um, our puppy. We've got a Border Collie puppy and she sees everything and she hears everything and she smells everything and everything is new to her and everything is, she's curious and, and I've been walking her quite a bit lately and and I noticed the noise of the wind in the trees, and I wouldn't normally, but because she's noticing everything, and I, I see it as well, and realise how much I don't always see. Um, and there is this sort of music in nature that I've been aware of this week. Um, the, the other thing that came to mind was I do... Um, uh, I elder for Woodbrook meeting and often people stay behind and they they tell us a little bit of their story and it's um 
it's just it's enriching it's humbling it, it i'm going to say it feels like service it feels like ministry it, it it's one of those times when i get a glimpse of our common humanity and i might be talking to a 24 year old from germany who i've never met but we talk about faith and hope and loss and and it just feels like this web of connection and this, as i say this sense of common humanity and when you have a sense of common humanity you you want to do well i think you want to do good <laughs> thank you Listening to you all, there seems to be a common theme that you seem to be describing spiritual growth as something about connecting and that web and that sense of, I always think of the sort of mycelium that connects so much in the world, was it the world wood web or something they call it, <laughs> um, yeah all that connection, that, yeah. Wood wide web, I think. Wood wide web, I love it. <laughs> Wood wide web. Thank you. Good. Well, if you're willing, then I'll carry on. So, thinking a little bit, I've been reading about maybe I mentioned him last time, David Robson's expectation effect. And he describes how really deeply held, often unconsciously held expectations can drive our behaviours. Uh, so for example, one story I come across a lot in my work when I'm teaching adults music is I can't sing, I'm not musical. And that's their strap line, you know, they almost have it, have it flashing <laughs> on a billboard. I can't sing, I'm not musical. And it's true to say that some teacher said something unskillful to them when they were very young, you know, like some evil genie. It kind of cast a spell on their minds uh, with a story which they believed. And this has gone on, I would say, to tragically limit you know, any learning in the area of music. So we're talking about limiting ourselves. How do we refuse to grow? How do we limit ourselves? What are the stories that we tell? What are our beliefs that just put a stop on that growth? Yeah, what stories do we hold which stop us from learning and growing? So I'm going to invite us to do another mini meditation and to explore that now. So if you're willing that three breaths again, the grounded, greeted, gathered in your own time. Grounded, greeted. Gathered. Just let these questions, these inquiries, just drop them into your heart. See what comes up. In what ways am I refusing to grow?
perhaps in what ways do I habitually numb out or harshly criticise myself? Perhaps I'm keeping myself so busy that I can never find time for stillness. Or, or like the music in my, like the music teachers, you know, what beliefs do I hold that are stopping me? In what ways am I refusing to grow? So I invite you to come back into the room, open your eyes. And I'll keep going. So Quakers, Quakers are fundamentally mystical, aren't they? You know, that means that they rely on direct experience of the divine, right? So they expect to see that in everyday ordinary activities throughout their life, God will show up. So this expectation, you know, like in the expectation effect, this expectation kind of widens the gaze and kind of opens the heart and we're primed, we're primed, aren't we, to experience God in the puppy, in the 14-month-year-old toddler, yeah? In our beloved who's at their end of life, in the, who's unwell, and it, and it happens throughout their life. We, there is no age that I can be where God will not talk to me. And it's not just in meeting that God will talk to me. It's true whatever activity I'm doing. Yeah, driving the car, hoovering, whatever. So intentionally practicing and expecting to meet God in the everyday activities of daily life. We kind of prime the pump. Yeah, We, we come... We can then come to, to meeting with heart and mind prepared. We, we, we are expecting to experience God. And in some ways, it's kind of reiterating advice in grace three, isn't it? Which is um, seek to know an inward stillness, even amid the activities of daily life. But I wonder if this one is asking us to notice something else as well, because, because it goes on, doesn't it, to highlight that we can be inspired, yeah, from the Latin, I think, inspire, to breathe in. We can be inspired by different areas of life. Take heed, God is in all of your life. Even the joys even the sorrows and I think of that actually as a bit like a pendulum so you have if you imagine a pendulum and at one end of the pendulum you have um, the ah experiences right our joy (laughs) and on the other we have our ouch experiences the sorrows and the thing that really speaks to me about this image is that the weight at the or Bob at the end of the string 
for a split second is still, isn't it? It's still at the ouch and at the ah. And I think in these moments, our minds tend to have a different perception of time and momentum. I know for me, in the ouch position of the pendulum, I have the delusion of permanence, as Buddhists like to say. You know, I think, I can't do this and I'm always rubbish at this. Yeah, I can sort of think it's always like this. (laughs) I'm always like this. So the permanence. And in the ah place of the pendulum, I can also experience time differently. And I want to cling and stay there. Oh, it takes energy and it's not possible. I did this on holiday in the summer. I went to Dorset, visit a friend. I was lying on a rock after a swim in the sea and just feeling the warmth of the sun. And I was blissed out and I, I could feel my mind contracting and clinging to this moment, yeah? Having thoughts like, oh no, this is gonna end soon. You know? So it's really skillful to notice our ah moments, our joys. I think for really historically excellent reasons, you know, evolutionary speaking, our negativity bias puts a spotlight on the ouch side of the pendulum, right? And the ah moments, just we breeze right past them. I mean, you can think of a a couple of cave women on a hillside, you know, and one is watching a sunset and enjoying bliss of present moment awareness, and the other is vigilantly scanning the horizon for tigers. And you can imagine only one of these caveman, cave women will survive, or had children who survived. So you can see how evolution tilted our wiring towards a negativity bias. And it's, it's important to know that because it can so easily become just another stick we beat ourselves with. Oh, I'm always so negative. Oh. Our brains are doing what they're supposed to do. But it's not always so helpful for our well-being to be just so vigilant and on guard. So it can be really skillful, can't it, to be aware. There's that word, those words again. Be aware, not just of the sorrows, but of the joys. Yeah, the ah moments as well. Kind of just reset our spotlight. The ah of a lovely cup of coffee. <laughs> which is just right <laughs> or the art of getting into bed or, or a hug with a dear one yeah really sponging this up it just can reset our spotlight a bit more evenly spread over the R and the ouch and just you think about that pendulum again so let's say you've got the R the joy on one side and the ouch the sorrow on the other But then you've got the vast majority of the pendulum's arc. It's neither joy nor sorrow. It's just the ordinary activities of our daily life, right? And here the weight has a momentum. It's traveling through time and space and all seems to be going okay. And we just don't tend to notice these times. We're out for a walk. (laughs) God is at home. We're out for a walk. So when we meet for worship in our private contemplation or in meeting, we can sort of be in that time of this is ordinary, just ordinary breath, right? We're not in joy, we're not in sorrow. And it can sometimes feel like our mind goes, oh, this is boring. (laughs) But another way to reframe that is to think this is contentment. 
this is what this is. This is contentment. If I can resist the urge to distract myself away from it, this is enough. Nothing here is wrong. I am enough. So to recap, we're invited here, I think, to be aware of God in our joys and in our sorrows and the ordinary parts of our daily life. It's that lovely bumper state sticker that the Quakers sometimes use, daily round, holy ground. Daily round, holy ground. It can look like boredom. Or if we look again, perhaps it's contentment. So, there is inspiration to be found all around us, in the natural world, in the sciences of arts, in our work and friendships, in our sorrows, as well as in our joys. Are you open to new light, to new growth, from whatever source it may come? Do you approach new ideas with discernment? So we're going to do our centering down practice now. And this will um, invite you just to just make sure you're comfortable. If you need to get another cushion, do that. And good, good. So when you're ready, you can lower your gaze or gently close your eyes. And allow that sense of centering. Sometimes I think of electrolysis, like a cathode. And the electrolyte is, is just, you can sense the ions, the negative ions. No, the positive ions going towards the cathode. You need just sort of that center. You've got a central core. Perhaps the base of the core is just in the back of the in your sit bones, kind of really deep down in the in your center. Perhaps a couple of inches in front of your spine. Centering. You might like to explore an image of um, like those cowpole syringes, you know, when you pull them, pull the plunger out. And you might follow, follow that as though you, it was right through the core of your body, your center. And as you're breathing in, you might sense the plunger gently coming out 
drawing in peace and soothing your body. And in your own time, you can press the plunger in and you might time it to go with your out breath, just soothing your body. As though your deepest core can be soothed with the in-breath as the plunger comes out and the out-breath. Breathing in, I soothe my body. And breathing out, my body is soothed. So your breath is a daily activity. We breathe thousands of times a day any point you can come back to your awareness be aware the in-breath soothing your body and on the out-breath your body is soothed You might want to continue with that image, just exploring it and seeing if it works to let it go in time with your breath. When the mind wanders off, it's fine. But you can gently invite it back if you want to the breath. The soothing central, central core.
be still and cool in thine own mind. As though your beloved is gently placing a, a cool flannel on your mind, soothing it. When we center down, we are coming into relationship with the divine. Hello, beloved. Soothing your body as you're breathing in. Soothing your body, breathing out. Be aware Be aware of the Spirit of God and the breath in and the breath out. As we come to the end of our centering practice, I'd like to finish with the quote. I think this was Margaret Fell who wrote, I may be wrong about this, but it goes, Dearly beloved friends, 
These things we do not lay upon you as a rule or form to walk by, but that all with the measure of light, which is pure and holy, may be guided. And so in the light, walking and abiding, these may be fulfilled in the spirit, not from the letter, for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Dearly beloved friends, these things we do not lay upon you as a rule or form to walk by, but that all with the measure of light which is pure and holy may be guided. And so in the light, walking and abiding, these may be fulfilled in the spirit, not from the letter, for the letter killeth. The Spirit giveth life. And uh, when you're ready, friends, you can come back and open your eyes. So good, thank you.